It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who are watching at this time, and especially if you may be watching today for your very first time. We appreciate those who watch every time. Getting to Know Your Bible is on the air. We hear from so many of you, and your comments and your encouragement means a lot to us. Thank you so very much. Now today on our telecast, we're going to discuss this topic, the voice of Jesus. The voice of Jesus. I hope you'll stay tuned as we discuss that topic today. Now on our telecast, we offer a free Bible correspondence course. I cannot emphasize strongly enough the course is free. And we want you to have it. And we, we want you to have it because... This is one way that we can help you increase your knowledge of the Bible. So in order that you might know more about the free Bible course and that you might know how to receive it, let's pause for just a moment. I want to read John chapter 10 and verse 27. Let me start. Let me do that again. I'd like to read now from John chapter 10 and verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. One of God's great blessings given to man is the ability to speak. We use our voice as a means of communication. Without our voice, life would be changed drastically for all of us. Now, there are some who do not have the ability to speak verbally, but through signs of the hand, they still have a voice. We want to study today the voice of Jesus, a voice that was used to communicate to the world. There are many voices in the world. These voices are heard in books, magazines, newspapers. That They're heard on radio. They're heard on television. They're the voices of politicians telling what they will do for the country. That They're the voices of musicians often weaving some uh, ideology into their lyrics. And they're the voices of the secularist declaring Christianity is dead and God not far behind. How wonderful it must have been to hear the voice of Jesus as he spoke on the mountainside. We still have the voice of Jesus to listen to today. He speaks to us today through his revealed will. At his transfiguration in Matthew chapter 17, it was God who said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And we, of course, are to listen to Jesus today as our teacher. In Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1 beginning, the Bible says, God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake unto the fathers by the prophets, 
hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. Jesus speaks to man today through his revealed word. In John 12 and 48, Christ said, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my word hath one that judgeth him the word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him on the last day. And so we have his voice today. We listen to the voice of Jesus as he speaks to us through the Bible. Well, what kind of a voice did Jesus have? The voice of Jesus is a voice of instruction. In addition to Matthew 17 and 5, there a similar statement is made in Mark chapter 9, verse 7, and Luke chapter 9, verse 35, where Jehovah said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. In other words, listen to the voice of Jesus. It is a voice of instruction. The, the Sermon on the Mount that is recorded in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7 is one of the most profound pieces of instruction in all of the world. In that particular sermon, Jesus gives us instructions on so many different subjects. Time would not permit for us to discuss all of those topics. But let me just mention some of the things that Jesus talked about. For example, he instructs us on how to be happy. In Matthew chapter 5, 1 through 12, where Jesus gives the Beatitudes. In verses 13 through 16, he instructs us as to how to live, to be the salt of the earth, and to be the light of the world. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 45, 44 and 45, he instructs us as to how to treat our enemies. We're to love our, our enemies and we are to pray for them. He instructs us in the sixth chapter on how to forgive. We are to forgive in order to be forgiven. And if we do not forgive others, then our sins will not be forgiven us. He instructs us on the use of our material goods in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. There he instructs us to lay up treasures in heaven and not on treasures on the earth where they are subjected to corrupting, destroying influences. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, he instructs us about the greatest priority of life, and that is to seek the kingdom first and the righteousness of God first in our lives. He instructs us in Matthew chapter 7 verses 1 through 5 about judging others harshly, that we're not to judge others harshly, for in turn we're going to be judged with the same judgment that we have used in judging others. He instructs us about how to treat people. In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12, that, that, that we treat people as we'd want to be treated. And then in Matthew chapter 7 verses 13 and 14, he instructs about the two ways of life. One way leads to eternal ruin. The other way leads to life above. The voice of Jesus indeed is a voice of instruction. It is also the voice of a friend. 
Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. That's found in John chapter 15 and verse number 13. In John chapter 15 and verse 15 he said, No longer do I call you servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends, friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. But then if you look in the 14th verse, he said, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. His is the voice of a friend. And as a friend, Jesus counsels us. He indeed, even the church at Laodicea that had become lukewarm, not hot, not cold, but in an apathetic, lukewarm state, the Lord counseled them to buy of him gold tried in the fire that they might be rich, and white raiment that the shame of their nakedness would not appear, and the like. His was the voice of a friend to the church at Laodicea. And his is the voice of a friend to guide us and to instruct us in the way of righteousness. You see, Jesus said in John 14, I am the way. If you wonder the way to go in life, you find the person who is the way. And you follow the way. But Jesus is also the voice of a physician. Jesus did not come into the world to hurt people, but to help people. He did not come to hinder, but he came to heal. Jesus came into the world to be the physician of men's souls. Why, Jesus did not come to condemn. He came to save. He came and he made the lame man whole in John chapter 5. And he can take a sinner, and he can make a sinner whole, because he is the great physician. In John 5, 31, Jesus said, They that are whole need not a physician, but they, they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So Jesus Christ is the voice of a physician. The question is asked in the Old Testament in Jeremiah eight twenty two. Is there a bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? And then, why, and then he asked, Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? Well, there is a physician, and that physician is Jesus Christ. The voice of Jesus also is the voice of authority. Jesus has all authority. Not some authority, but all authority. In Matthew 28 and 18, Jesus said, All authority hath been given unto me in heaven and on earth. And Jesus indeed has authority. Jesus had authority over death. In John the 11th chapter, when Jesus came to the home of his friend Lazarus, and he found that Lazarus had died. He went out to the tomb where Lazarus was buried. And Jesus spoke and said, Lazarus, come forth. 
And when Jesus spoke, Lazarus was raised from the dead. Jesus had authority over death. Jesus had authority over storms. He could say, peace, be still, and the storm would cease. Jesus had authority over disease. He could cause those who were diseased to be healed instantaneously. He had authority over demons. He had authority, and he has authority to tell us what we ought to do. You see, Jesus Christ has all authority. There are some passages in the third chapter of Acts about Jesus' authority that I want us to note. This is a, actually a quotation from the Old Testament, from the book of Deuteronomy, and, and where Moses had written about a prophet that was to come. Now listen to verse 22. But Moses truly said to the fathers, The Lord your God will raise up you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him shall you hear in all things whatever he says to you. And it shall be that every soul who will not hear that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. Jesus speaks with authority. And when Jesus speaks with authority, we should listen to him. That's the reason God said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him, because he speaks with authority. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, we're told, Hath put all things under his feet, gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Jesus Christ has all authority today, all authority over the church. Paul said in Ephesians 1, He's put all things under his feet, all things under the feet of Christ. And he has made him to be the head over the church. So going back to Matthew 28 and 18, where Christ said, All authority hath been given unto me. It goes without saying that Jesus speaks with authority. He has the authority of a king. He is king of kings, and he is lord of lords. He has the authority of a lawgiver, because he has given to us his law, Galatians 6 and verse 2. And he speaks with judicial authority, because he, will to, he is to be our judge. And he has been given authority to execute judgment. John chapter 5 and verse 27. So the voice of Jesus indeed is the voice of authority. In Matthew chapter 21, and verse beginning in verse 23, Jesus was asked some questions. And there's a rather interesting way in which our Lord answered those questions. Now, when he came to the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people confronted him, as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? So they wanted to know, where did you get your authority to do this? 
Jesus answered and said to them, I'll ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. So here's what Jesus asked in verse 25. The baptism of John, meaning the baptism of John the Baptist, where was it from? From heaven or from men? So that's the question Jesus asked them. He says, now if you will answer my question, then I'll answer your question. So the baptism of John, from where, where was it from? Was it from heaven or was it from men? And they reasoned among themselves saying, if we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? That is, believe John. And if we say from men, we fear the multitude, for all count John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus and said, we do not know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. I think the question they ask is a rather valid question for us to ask ourselves today. And that is, by what authority do we do the things that we do in matters of a religious nature or a spiritual nature? Who gave us the authority to do those things? Uh, there are two sources of authority. One authority is from heaven, that is from God. The other authority is from man. And so by what authority do we practice the various things that we do religiously? Can it be backed up with the authority of God, that is the Bible? Is it from heaven or is it from men? Who gave you the authority to do the things that you do. For example, we have the Lord's Supper every Sunday where I preach, and there is Bible authority for doing that. Acts chapter 20 and verse 7 tells us that it was upon the first day of the week that the disciples came together to break bread. And so every Lord's Day, Christians gather for the purpose of commemorating the death of Jesus Christ. There is authority for doing that. The voice of Jesus Christ is the voice of authority. Now, I would say this, that, that unless we can point to some particular passage of Scripture that authorizes us to do what we do, to call things what we call them, and to worship as we worship, and to practice what we practice as far as a plan of salvation is concerned, if I cannot point to a passage of Scripture that would authorize that, then that thing is not from heaven, but it must be from men. And then I would not want to have anything to do with something that did not have the authority of God Upon it. I want God's stamp of approval on what I do in matters of a religious nature. That's why 1 Peter 4 and 11 ought to mean a lot to all of us. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. So the voice of Jesus was a voice of authority, and he is still speaking authoritatively today through the Bible. But the voice of Jesus is also the voice of a shepherd. That, that's what John chapter 10 and verse 27 
that I read in the very beginning is all about. Jesus calls his sheep and they hear his voice and they follow him. Jesus is still calling today as the good shepherd. He calls us all to a life of service. He calls us to a life of consecration. He calls us to a life of separation. He calls us to a life of self-denial. He is still calling. Why, Jesus on one occasion told some of the disciples, you follow me, I'm going to make you fishers of men. In Matthew 16, Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. In Romans, the second chapter, rather the twelfth chapter, the Paul said in verses 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The Lord is calling us to, to live a life of service where we're not conformed to the world. We've not allowed the world to squeeze us into its mold, but rather we're serving Him by the will of God. He's calling us to that type of a life. And Jesus is the shepherd and the bishop of our souls. I know all are familiar with the verse verse of the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I wonder, can you say that today? The Lord is my shepherd. He's not your shepherd unless you're listening to hear to his voice. Jesus is calling you today through the gospel. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 14. And we need to heed the voice of Jesus as a shepherd today. And we need to follow him. Jesus is our shepherd. Wants us to follow him that we might be saved. He can be your shepherd. And you can say the Lord is my shepherd when you believe on his son. You can say the Lord is my shepherd if you are willing to repent of your sin. You can say the Lord is my shepherd if you're willing to confess your faith in Jesus the shepherd. And you can say the Lord is my shepherd if you're willing to submit to baptism for the remission of all of your past sins. Jesus is my shepherd. The voice of Jesus is a voice of instruction. But the voice of Jesus is also the voice of a Savior. Jesus is calling out and he's saying, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He can save you. He and, alone, he, and he alone can save. Acts 4 and 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. Some do not heed his voice. They may hear him calling, but they do not heed the voice of the shepherd.
of the Savior. To whose voice are you listening? Do not be spiritually blind. Do not be one who is not willing to listen to the voice of Jesus. I would urge you to hear his voice and live. Listen to what he says. Listen again to God. Matthew 17, verse 5. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. But believe what you hear him say. Don't ever question that Jesus is telling you the truth. He always tells you the truth. He is the epitome of truth. And you obey every command that he gives to you. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Keep his commandment to believe on, on him. Keep it your, his commandment to repent of your sins. Keep his commandment to confess your faith in him. Keep his commandment to be baptized. Keep his commandment to be faithful, to be consecrated, to be dedicated, to be separated away from the world. And as our shepherd, Jesus Christ laid down his life that you and I might live. Oh, how we need to listen to the voice of Jesus today. Don't listen to some strange voice. Some strange sound. Listen only to Jesus' voice. I, I want to thank you for watching our telecast today and in the closing moments. May I give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And also may I urge you right now, pick up the telephone. Call right now for the free Bible Correspondence Course. It's absolutely free. What do you have to lose? You have everything to gain. They're calling right now for the Bible Course. So please don't hesitate. Now may I, again, may I say it's free. Call now for the course. I want to thank you for listening today. And until we get, meet again, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you is my prayer.